A very good day to all of you out there listening. This is the Friendship News Hour, presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. Today is May the 3rd, 2022. His name is Alex. My name is Frank. What's up, man? Not too much, man. Got the uh, good old tornado alarms going on over here. Monthly test. Oh, is that a, it's just a test? Yeah, we actually got hammered with rain last night, though, man. Like it, It's like flooding in the streets and shit here. It's kind of crazy. Damn. Yeah, I don't know how it's been there, but it's pretty much this spring since... The snow broke like in early March, just been rainy every day. We've had mm. like three or four days where we got, you know, high 60s into 70s. Other than that, bro, rain sucked. I do hear those. No, yeah, it's been nice over here. Thanks for asking. <laughs> How was your weekend? It's good. It's a good weekend. Didn't do much. Hey, um, what do you think about soda? You mean pop? Or pop, excuse me. <laughs> pop to the uh, <clears throat> pop, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a f- Okay, I like it, but I know how bad it is, so I don't drink it that often. But in recent years, I've become a fan of Coke Zero because oh, I think Coke Zero is nice. It is nice, like for, and I know I'm still drinking aspartame, which is terrible for you, but no, no sugar, no calories. It's like you still get the nice, pretty much the taste of Coke, so it's good. Why do you ask? I got suckered yesterday. Mm. Saw an advert for Pepsi Nitro. I tried it last week. Yeah. It's just flat soda. It, dude, it is. It's we, it's creamy, though. Your first couple sips are creamy, and then, yes, it tastes flat. You're right. I was walking out. I live, like, right next to a convenience store. Mm-hmm. And I saw this advertisement, and I was like, yeah, let me go see if they have it. This sounds fun. And sure enough, they had it. And I bought it, and I'm walking out of the store, and the only thing I could think of was, if I just bought a two-liter and opened it and left it in the fridge for a week, probably what this is going to taste like. And mm. lo and behold, man. Do you get the regular one or the vanilla they one? They suckered me into it. No, the regular one. Yeah. Yeah, I bought one of each. I haven't tried the vanilla yet. But the first, like, sip, I thought I was like, oh, this is actually decent. Like, it kind of, it has, like, a creamy, like, I don't want to say a milkshake f- texture, but it's, like, creamy. It's it's kind of like the top of, like, a Guinness at first. Well, yeah, it's like, a, you know, nitro, nitro uh, beer. Yeah, right. Right. But then it sat there for 30 seconds. And literally, I think my sister or Zach, the first thing they, they took a drink and they were just like, this tastes like flat pop. And then as soon yep. as they said that, I was like, oh, fuck, it does. <laughs> Loser. Yeah. Yeah. They're selling us flat soda now, man. They, I think they've officially ran out of ideas. <laughs> It's like the extra soda when it's left up. You're like, all right, we'll just hit it with some nitrogen real quick. And they won't even fucking know. Yeah, it's syrup and nitrogen. <laughs> Losers. <laughs> Play it as for fools. We got a full plate today, sir. Let's just get into it then. Let's not sidetrack with the, the small talk, the brevities. The brevities. <laughs> huge, huge news yesterday. There was a leak to Politico in which they published what seems to be the decision of Justice Samuel Alito in the majority to overturn Roe v. Wade, which is something that we had predicted on this show uh, a couple of times as we saw states begin to position themselves for the inevitability of Roe v. Wade being overturned. And it seems as though that's exactly what is going to happen. Okay. I just need to know this because you had told me, you broke this news to me last night when we were playing video games, but how, how does this happen? Like our highest court in the land has a leak like mm. I, in my head that can't happen unless it's an intentional leak to like soften the blow or to kind of try to get ahead of it or if it's literally just one side like oh fuck you trying to rub it in the other side's face kind of a thing like ahead of time I, I'm, I'm really confused how this happens I'm glad that you asked that because I, I, I want to get into the whole meat and potatoes of all this, but but I really want to talk about the leak because I think that is like, it's not the biggest story here, obviously, but it's a giant, giant thing. This, like you said, this doesn't happen, dude. The leak in the Supreme Court is like, this is legitimately on like January 6th level kind of shit mm. of breach of trust. I think there's one of two things that happened here. One, there's an ideologically motivated clerk inside the Supreme Court that got a hold of this decision and decided to leak it. Or there was a breach within the Supreme Court and and there is an outside actor, be it foreign or or domestic, that has breached the Supreme Court and has decided to leak this on its own. Either way, John Roberts, Justice John Roberts, has called for an investigation by the FBI into how this has happened. Mm. And I'm very curious what they turn up. Because this is crazy, dude. Like, I've been reading a lot into this and to leak a decision in the Supreme Court, you know, Roe v. Way aside, to leak a decision in the Supreme Court is like, it's as massive as it gets, man. Like that's as big of a deal. That's as dramatic of a deal as we've ever had. Has it ever happened? It has happened. There's certainly precedent for it, but it's big. Like it's not like this, this doesn't happen. And the reason it's so big is, is 
because of the the way that our government is set up, right? You have your you have your legislator, you have your executive, and then you have the Supreme Court, the entire court system, the entire justice system, right? Lady Liberty has a blindfold on. They're supposed to be immune to any public pressure or opinion in making their cases, right? And making their decision. It's 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 supposed to be fully about the law. Textual law, right? It can't be determined or swayed or maneuvered by public opinion. It's not politics. It's law, right? It's not fair. It's not unfair. It is the law. It is the, it, it is the cornerstone of how we go about our lives. So for somebody to breach the trust inside the Supreme Court and to leak something like this is just giant. And the mm-hmm. only motivation I can think of for somebody doing that before the, the decision was ready to be revealed to the public by the Supreme Court themselves is to sway opinion of the five justices that have voted to overturn Roe v. Wade. Because it, it looks like in, in, the, in the decision that was written by uh, Samuel Alito, Justice Samuel Alito, that five justices have voted to overturn Roe v. Wade. So who knows? This wasn't supposed to come out until next month. So we're like six weeks early. Um, They voted on this in like February. So why leak it now? Like, why is it happening now? Mm -hmm. Why Politico? There's there's so many unanswered questions about the just the leak itself. Yeah. Why Politico? That's that's my first question. Like, I I would not to like discredit Politico, but like I would believe it like for sure a lot more if it was like more trusted source, I guess. But it doesn't seem it's like a really bold thing to publish without some kind of proof at the same time, too. So I also have to believe that I did see that like 13 states have like pretty much like trigger bans in place that as soon as that would happen instantly, like they would outlaw abortion. Idaho, Utah, Wyoming, North and South Dakota, Texas, Oklahoma, uh, Missouri, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee and Kentucky. So like the second that that would get overturned, if, if that is the decision that they make and announce, I guess, formally. Abortion instantly becomes illegal there. And there's a lot more states. Like I know Ohio, a lot of people think that they're going to go that way. Uh, I think I saw like West Virginia, uh, Wisconsin, Michigan might as well. So it could go quick, man. It, it could be really, really hard to get an abortion soon. <laughs> like, as far as I, as I understand it, like I don't know if they're going to try to like set some new boundaries or like set some new weeks kind of a thing, or if it's just going to be like, it is up to the states. Federally, we do not want to fuck with this. We're wasting too much time with this shit. Like, I will read to you from the leaked decision by Justice Alito. So February is when it was voted on, and it looks like this was written a short time after. And it does say first draft on the top. So like these things change, right? So this is just a leak. This is not their formal decision. Something tells me, though, that because nobody's come out and explicitly denied that this is indeed what is going to happen, that it's it's actually true and, and save uh, a whole lot of heartache and most likely destruction from protests that come with this. But anyways, this is Justice Alito. Abortion presents a profound moral issue on which Americans hold sharply conflicting views. Some believe fervently that a human person comes into being at conception and that abortion ends an innocent life. Others feel just as strongly that any regulation of abortion invades a woman's right to control her own body and prevents women from achieving full equality. Still others in a third group think that abortion should be allowed under some but not all circumstances and those within the group, this group, hold a variety of views about the particular restrictions that should be imposed. And then it goes on to talk about Roe v. Wade and the the short brief history of abortion law. And then it goes into like how abortion was more or less regulated by the courts by trimester and then there was the term viability used in uh, Planned Parenthood versus Casey. And then finally, it gets to the Mississippi law that kind of triggered all this. So he says, before us now is one such state law. The state of Mississippi asks us to uphold the constitutionality of a law that generally prohibits an abortion after the 15th week of pregnancy, several weeks before the point at which a fetus is now regarded as, quote, viable outside of the womb. In defending this law, the state's primary argument is that we should reconsider and overrule rule, Roe and Casey, and once again allow each state to regulate abortion as its citizens wish. On the other side, respondents and Solicitor General ask us to reaffirm Roe and Casey, and they contend that the Mississippi law cannot stand if we do so. Allowing Mississippi to prohibit abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy, they argue, would be no different than overruling Casey and Roe entirely. We hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. The Constitution makes no reference to abortion, and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision, including the one in which the defenders of Roe and Casey now chiefly rely the due 
due process clause of the 14th Amendment. Uh, a few months ago, we went over this clause, and it basically says that there are possible rights that lie outside of the Bill of Rights that have not been explicitly stated in the Bill of Rights that could exist at some time. And that was essentially what has held up constitutionally the right to have an abortion. In doing that, the Supreme Court essentially made it a law without anybody voting on it or without or without Congress passing any laws or any of that. They used that const, that loose constitutional tie to say that abortion is a legal right. And I think one thing that everybody can agree on is that since that happened in the 60s, it has been one of the most, if not the most contentious thing that we have dealt with in this country. And that seems to be the reasoning behind these five justices saying we will return now to the states and we will allow states to make these laws and decisions as their citizens wish. So then my question there is, is that something that's then voted on by the city? Like other than these trigger states that have already passed this legislation, do they then put like abortion on the next election docket? Or is that something that like the just the representatives that have already been elected go through and would push through like a normal bill. Here's how I'm reading it. And I, I think it's still pretty unclear, but I, I, the way I read it is that there are these states that have trigger laws, right? Meaning as soon as Roe v. Wade is overturned, these laws now become, they, they take precedent, right? They, yeah. They pass like provisional laws. Exactly. Correct. So, so you mentioned these 13 states. So those 13 states will have those. And then there are states that will like rely on their laws prior to Roe v. Wade being uh, ruled on by the Supreme Court. So then they revert back to those. And, and some of those states had abortion banned right before Roe v. Wade. Wisconsin, Michigan, West Virginia, Arizona, Alabama. And these are not in the in the group that have trigger laws. Right. So, so they might revert back to banning abortion. That might just be like the law. Right. Mm -hmm. Whether or not they enforce it or not, it's up to those states. And then there's states that have limits on abortion that were like argued and, and decided on and decided that they weren't going to go past because they couldn't make it past the Supreme Court. And now that they can now they can push these these bans or these limits. And th this includes a, a bunch of other states like uh, Ohio and Iowa and Tennessee and, 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 and a lot of different states. So I think it's still a little fuzzy and it's going to take many years of litigation, many years of, of legislation in order for all these states to find what makes sense. Now, here's an interesting uh, aspect of this. The Democrats run the government right now. They are in control of the government. They have every ability to bring to vote the codification of Roe v. Wade, meaning it's going to be struck down by the Supreme Court. Congress can take this up. They can make a law mirrors Roe v. Wade. They can say, we want to put this to a vote and we want to pass this law. We have the House. They barely have the Senate. And of course, the president could sign it. As a matter of fact, the president ran on this very issue. If Roe v. Wade is overturned, he would codify this into law using the the, the natural means, the, the avenues towards making law. And it's not going to happen. You don't think so? No way, man. Look, as much as this is like a, a an issue that's split us right down the middle, I think more people than not, and we went over this, right? Like if you look at most polls about abortion and how people, how Americans feel about it, I think that we, we touched on like that first trimester line, right? Like most Americans are okay with abortion up until the first trimester as a rule of law, right? Mm. Anything after that, science is kind of dictated. We know what that is after 14 weeks and we're not on the whole, right? This is not speaking very well. On the whole, we're, we're not as comfortable with abortion after the first trimester as we are before the first trimester. So if you were to put to a vote in Congress, a bill that codifies what Roe v. Wade looks like now, I do not think that they get the votes. I do not think that the constituents of every single one of those senators uh, and representatives in these states believe in the right to abortion as it stands in Roe v. Wade, right? Because right now, Roe v. Wade, as it stands, as it is law today, is up until the point of viability. Which is like 24 weeks? 22 weeks, 22, 24 yeah. weeks. It's ambiguous. It's not very clear. So then that, that's what they would have to do, right? Now, if they were smart, they would meet in the middle and they would say, okay, we want to solidify the right for every woman to have an abortion, which I think both of us can take that stance, right? If we're talking legally, if this indeed gets overturned Roe v. Wade, then millions 
of women have now lost their access to abortion. Right. Which is not great, right? Abortion is in the same class as guns and as drugs. You cannot put that cat back into the bag, right? You can't unlearn how to do an abortion. You can't unlearn how to make a gun. You can't unlearn how to grow weed, right? These things are known. All you can do is push it down and create a black market if you make it illegal. So that's my fear is that if, if even if it's 0.1% of people who have abortions for something like rape or incest or what have you, you have to have a legal avenue for it because if you don't, then you're just going to cause pain and suffering that's unnecessary, right? And on the other hand, if you're in a red state and you're considering this a victory, I implore you to look at what you're doing because you're, in fact, legislating morality. But you cannot stop at your current status, right? You can't say, oh, we've banned abortion. We've done it, guys. We fucking got them. That's not where this ends because if you are indeed legislating morality, then you have to legislate morality at every avenue that it presents itself. And right now it's going to present itself in young women, mostly, who have gotten pregnant and do not have a recourse for abortion. And now they're saying, what the fuck do I do? And if you don't have these resources in place for these people, then you've done nothing. You're as bad as, as, the, as the laws that you, you, you have claimed that are, are hurting these very same women. You've, you've, you're committing as much harm and as much grievances against these women as the, the laws of abortion that were on the books previously. And, and, and to, the, to the credit of these states, there's, there's actually a lot of resources for whatever it's worth to anybody listening. There's a website called helpinyourarea.com. And there's actually an alarming amount of pregnancy centers uh, in these states that have banned abortion. I, I was expecting to find the opposite. I was expecting to find just absolute desolation when it comes to assistance for young women who are pregnant and then cannot have an abortion and don't have the means to travel out of state to get one or what have you. There actually are a tremendous amount of resources. If this does happen and these states just outright ban it, I would have to think that other states that are still like pro-choice are going to have some kind of something set up. They'll have the funding from wherever they need to get it, I'm sure. But like something set up where they'll pay for you to come in from out of town. Maybe it's a flight or a bus ticket or whatever it is to like come to an abortion clinic in, mm. you know, whatever, California, yeah. Illinois, yeah. and like get you there, you know, maybe put you up in a hotel for the night and, and get you taken care of. But to me, this is something that needs to be voted on, not by elected officials, but like this needs to come to ballots where people can go and we, we use the power that we have as voters to like show what you think. Like if this is going to be broken down to a state level, I think every state should get their chance to like cast their vote and let it known how they're felt. To me, it can't just be like these hard, fast lines where it's like, well, now in Texas, you're, you're fucked. Sorry. Like that's not, that's not freedom. No, brother, that's federal democracy. That's what that, I mean, that's the system of government that we have. Sure. You're, you're, you're saying, you know, we need to vote on it. Well, the citizens of Texas voted on it right. because they passed the politicians that have passed that law. That never made sense to me with Texas. It's like, we are the land of liberty and we stand by all these things. But when it comes to this one thing, fuck your personal freedoms. We get to decide what you do. That never made sense to me. But when I think about it and maybe Roe v. Wade getting cast down at 24 weeks is a good thing. I think we can both agree that like before that first trimester is up, like I think there should be at least options and avenues for people, even in these states that have out outlawed it completely. Like that's not fair to the people that live there. Just because a majority of the people that surround you may be Republican and and take that hard stance doesn't mean that the, the other people that live in that state should be, just be fucked completely when it comes to something like this. What it's going to result in is a complete sep Like It's going to lead to a civil war eventually where you're going to have states of people that all think the exact same way. What mm. it was in our first mm. war was slavery and no slavery. And if we start dividing ourselves like this and drawing really hard lines where like in the entire state of Texas, you can't get an abortion, which basically means Republicans come here, liberals get the fuck out. Over time, that's not going to lead to good things, in my opinion. Yeah, I was I was thinking about that, too. Like, it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of like uh, geographical shifts this this really makes. Right. Because think about it. If you're let's say you're in Texas and you live in a place like Dallas or Austin or Houston, where overwhelmingly those cities vote blue, right? And you're thinking, well, shit, like I don't really agree with this, but I also live in a giant state that is representative of a whole lot of other people outside of this place where I live, right? This city where I live. And so do those people move? Do they move because uh, abortion is not accessible or as accessible as it might be in any other state? I don't know, man. Like who makes who makes 
decisions like that. I think it's so interesting because we're so integrated societally, right? It, there's no real like geopolitical boundaries within the United States, really. I mean, you kind of know what states are going to go red or blue on, on any given election. Yeah. Or you can project that. Um, but we're integrated, right? So like a state like Texas is such a crazy case study because you have the cities and then you have everywhere else. And everywhere else is saying, no, 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 no. Fuck this. We don't want abortion. And the people in the cities are saying, well, this is not really what I signed up for. I think you're trampling on the rights of women. And this is not what I envisioned my life to be. Do they move? Do they enjoy Texas so much that, you know, this is something that they deal with and this is something that they, you know, they're just going to be like openly pissed off about, but are going to deal with it anyway, because they love every other aspect of the place that they live. You know, it's the same thing for me here in California, dude. Like I find it increasingly hard to like stay in California, but it's still a tremendous thing to say like I'm going to go leave and live somewhere else. Cause no. this is where I, this is home. This is what I love. I, my family's here. People that I love are here. Um, you know, everything, everything about California, other than the fact, other than the way that it's ran, right? I don't agree with almost any of the policies that are, are pushed in California. What am I going to do? Am I going to sit here and am I going to move? That would probably be the most reasonable thing to do, right? Move to a place where ideologically and in, in almost every other category of, of, of how you you stack up your life and, and, and your how, how happy you are and how fulfilled you are, all of these things are in line with the people that I live around, right? Because that's not the case right now, or at least the people that make decisions for policy measures in California. They do not align with me at all. Matter of fact, the complete opposite on almost everything. Do I move somewhere where that, that occurs, where I, I have that kind of community? It would make a lot of sense for me, right? Yeah, but people were saying the same thing during the Civil War, probably. Do I stay in the South and, and support slavery, even though I don't personally believe it, but it also like allows for the entire economy of this entire half of the country and, and even the North country to work? Do I overlook that, those human rights? because of this, you know, or because I don't want to move or do I take a stand or try to vote? Like, all I'm saying is that I think in like in these states, like there should be avenues, like the right shouldn't just be fully stripped. It may be limited. And, and, and why I'm saying it should be voted on is because there needs to come to some kind of agreement, like we're saying here, where it's not just like an all or nothing kind of thing. That way, people that are there that may not see the same way that like the majority do or like the state legislators do can still like live in their state. Like maybe there's people that have lived in Texas their entire life that might not hold the ideals of like the majority of people that live there, but still love Texas. And that's their home. And like, why should they have to move because of this one decision? So like if we can come in all these states to an agreement where, you know, the overarching thing of, of you know, late term abortions and all this other stuff is gone, which I think a lot of people can agree with, but like that there's still avenues for early pregnancies and for people like that to have an option. I think that makes sense. And when you compared it to guns earlier, I think that's a really good example. Guns are the second, like it's the number two thing that's in there, the right to bear arms, even though it was written in a time when like we were a very much a militia kind of country. Uh, and guns were very different then, but it is in the constitution. It is protected. I don't think you'd see many states just try to outlaw guns outright. It would maybe pass in a place like California, maybe in Illinois. I don't know. Like there are places it might pass if it ever could get onto something where it'd be elected on. But you wouldn't see that because it's it's a right. It's it's what people think is a God given right that they should have because it's in this on this piece of paper that Benjamin Franklin and all these dudes wrote. But like that same stance that these Republicans hold on so hard to this this gun control thing is the exact same thing that like I feel like liberals are doing with this, where it's like it is our our right. Whether like these guys wrote about it back in the late 1700s when it was probably a very different world and, and the technology probably wasn't barely even there to do it, at least in like a somewhat humane way like there is now. Or I think it honestly would probably be in there, but obviously we should not ban guns, but like there should be some kind of control on guns to a point. And that's still being very heavily debated and voted on. And it saddens me that in 13 states, as soon as this would happen, it's just outlawed. That, that just mm -hmm. doesn't seem like it, mm -hmm. it makes any sense to me. Yeah, man, I would have to agree with that for sure. Regardless of where you fall on this issue, right? Like whatever drives your push for, for this, whatever deep in your heart makes you feel emotions when you see stories like this come out, like wherever you land on that, I think it's hard to say that it's right to give, to remove full sale immediately this right that has been granted for the past over half of a, a century. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard for me to find a solution that isn't such a hard line thing, right? You can't, not, not saying that it's not possible, but I don't know that it's going to ever happen, 
It seems to me that it's always going to be one or the other. I think if we sit here and talk about that, the, the fact that, you know, the generally uh, Americans are, are, are okay up until the first trimester and then after that, it generally falls off. But that's not good enough for some of these places. And so to have that congruent law, it just, I don't know, man, I'm like trying to think of the avenues towards something that's that amicable and I can't mm-hmm. see it. Because yeah. it's just like now, now it's just throwing punches. Oh, Texas, you you want it six weeks? Well, Hawaii, we're going to do it uh, uh, for forty weeks, right? Oh, or what, yeah. what was it? Virginia? I think it was Virginia, where they had a law, and that 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 gal was up there talking, and the, one of the politicians was asking her about the, if the woman is showing signs of actually giving birth, is abortion clear up until that point? can it happen? And she was like, yes, it can. So it's like, okay, you're going to do this. Well, we're going to do this. And it's all in the name of rights, right? I I don't know, dude. It, it's so tough. It's so touchy. It's such a incendiary thing. It's, it seems hard to find common ground. Yeah. It, It was so much so that if somebody comes to me and says, because you can't find common ground, then you should just defer to the woman entirely, regardless of what's going on. It's like, yeah, well, you know what? That's not, that's not like an egregious thing to say, right? If you put it into the gun perspective, that'd be like saying then, okay, then we just need to defer to the gun owners and whatever they think happens should happen, which means we'd have fucking full on assault rifles, grenade launchers, sniper rifles, like anything would be legal. That's not, that doesn't make sense either. Well then, I mean, and I think that's how we got to this point because if you, because we did do that and then we saw that uh, the, the results of that were not awesome. Yeah, no. You know, like if we, like if we abort, like if there were as many vehicle deaths every year as there were abortions, we would never get in a car. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it got to a point where it's like, yeah, even like, even anybody who's like, yeah, man, I believe in the woman's right to, to do this, but this seems excessive, right? It seems like we've gone a bridge too far. And now in in the attempts to reel it in, you're going to have to allow for it, the bottom to fall out completely. And then for the States to bring it back up, which sucks, dude, like that's yeah. not great. It's going to be shitty probably for a long time. And women are definitely going to be the ones that suffer the most. I think it's really hard to, to remove a right like this and then hope for an outcome of say more married families, right? Or more attention to schoolwork for families in general, ending more pregnancies doesn't mean that things are going to work out, I think, the way that a lot of these people have in their head. Does that make sense? Like, Explain that a little more to me. Okay, so like you're, you're trying to curb abortion, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of these places, you're trying to do away with it altogether. My simple brain takes that and says, okay, well, then that that's going to lead to more births. Obviously, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But then what? Is it going to be like people are going to realize that the severity of what it means to get pregnant? And they're going to take that a little bit more seriously. I think that's like the hope of the people who have who have decided that this this is going to be the way that it is with abortion, say in Texas. I think that's the hope, man. But I think that like if you look at the world we live in and how over sexualized everything we take in is almost like any kind of pop culture, music, so much of the Internet that we're going through on our timelines. There's sex is like in everything, man. Like we're like bred to to be like I don't know if, if it's just like preying on our, our natural instincts and and it's just come to a, a different thing now but like it's it's ingrained in our society I would say so so to think right. you're gonna like control it maybe mm-hmm. what I think is gonna happen is you're gonna have more teenage pregnancies you're gonna have more people that don't go and get college educated and as a result you're gonna have higher poverty in every single state that does this over in like 20 to 30 years I would almost guarantee it yeah, I think, well, I think you, you nailed it. It's cultural, right? Culture is downstream of politics. That has been true forever. Policy is set, culture follows. But I don't know that you can legislate culture like that, particularly in this issue. Yeah. Right? I, 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 think, I think you can hope, like I said, you can hope to do it. But really, that all relies on us, right? Like that's our problem overarchingly, like that is us. And I, I don't know, like in a perfect world, you could have ab- abortion free and clear for, for, for everybody who wants it always. And you could have the trust that people make the right decisions with that, right? Like that it's not abused, like that right isn't abused. And we're not, you know, we're not taking it to like an entire extreme where we're just like laissez-faire about everything. And it doesn't matter that who gets pregnant, or how many times you get pregnant or whatever, like, like that we don't take it that far. 
Some people think that we've taken it that far. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to legislate culture. And I think that's a terrible idea. Agreed. But on the same hand, I think it's also a terrible idea to allow for the abuse of something as majorly impactful as abortion, right? To me, the way that you view, the way that we view unborn life is the way that we view all life. So it's like, okay, I don't particularly love the idea of abortion in general, but I definitely don't love the idea of it being banned outright, full stop in an instant for millions of women, right? There's no common ground there. And I find it hard to believe that we can use <laughs> this to come to a common ground culturally. Like, right, where, do, where do we meet in the middle culturally? Because I'm willing to say, like, I'm, I made my feelings about abortion known very clearly. But, but, but from a legal standpoint and for the, for the rights of all Americans, my point of view cannot be God, right? It cannot be the thing that is, is, is cemented, right? I, I can't stand on that because, it, one, I'm not a woman. Two, I, I don't represent everybody. So there, there has to be common ground, but, but can we get there? Can we do it culturally so that we can still maintain a symbiotic relationship with our countrymen and then move forward? Can we, can we move forward? Can we do that? Can we move on from this? I think that's like the number one goal is that we find something that we can all at the very least tolerate at the very least, yeah. you know, take, take a step forward and, and continue to move on with and, and, and get on with our lives. And I think in any big thing like this, like you have to take your blows. You're going to have ups oh, yeah, and you're going to sure. have downs. Like things will go your way and things won't go your way, but then they'll swing back your way. And this is how like over time and decades, like hopefully we find the correct common ground, you know, by going one, too far one way, maybe 24 weeks is too far. Maybe zero weeks is too far. And, and we kind of back and forth through the years get to something that actually makes sense. Yeah. And if, I mean, if you look at, uh, and this is a, I mean, it's kind of a dumb argument because people use it for, for healthcare too. And it just, it doesn't, you know, United States is not other countries. It, we're just not. Um, but that being said, we are by far and away the most liberal country when it comes to abortion of established countries of, of countries that are developed. Mm. We are definitely definitely more liberal on it. So, I mean, I don't know, I mean, take a couple examples from across the world, see how it's working, see how they're moving on, see how they perceive it. You know, is it really causing a bunch of strife or are there tons of teenage pregnancies and, you know, are there babies being thrown in dumpsters and being dropped off at fire stations and the, the complete abandonment of responsibility when somebody gets pregnant? Is that happening? We should look at that because if it is, then, you know, we can maneuver from there. We can take examples. My hope is that when young women see this and they're in a state that has restricted their access to abortion, believe anger is a pretty reasonable emotion. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you also have to understand your position. And, and I hope that this is taken not lightly. And I hope that we're able to, tr to tread lightly when it comes to what is now the reality, right? Because what my fear is, is that we culturally continue on as if this is not going to be a major, major impactful thing on our lives. And we continue to live the same lives, you know, take a second before you make a decision and really understand now, now you're in the precarious position of fuck, you know, I, I don't have this recourse. My hope is that we can look at it from a responsible angle and that these states that are continuing to push down and down and down and down and restrict the access has the reasonability to hear all of their constituents. And if you're in a state where you're in the far minority, that, that like that blows, right? That sucks so much. And I, I really, truly feel for, for people who are going to be in that position, but it doesn't change that position. So a clear head, relatively less emotion when pursuing your personal life and knowing what resources are out there, I think is going to go a long way for people. I'm not saying like, you know, accept this fate and don't fight for what you believe in, not at all, but also be very realistic about where you're at in this country when you're going out and making decisions, because it's about to change drastically. And now the responsibility is on all of us, right? It's no longer that, that, that protection federally, that protection from the Supreme Court, that right is about to be gone. And I think you can be as angry and upset and emotional about it. And I think it's justified. But at the end of the day, now there's nobody that you can put the blame on anymore. You are now on your own devices to make sure that you're doing what's best for you. And I hope that that message is 
clear to all because I just, I would just hate for this to become what you just said, right? Like this terrible flood of irresponsibility and families who uh, were poor having more babies than they should and this, that, and the other. I mean, you know, at some point we have to look at this realistically and say, okay, this is our situation. Have to take it at face value and begin to vote. If you haven't already, I mean, gosh, if you feel so strongly, like this is your call to vote. I, I think up until this point, there's been uh, this, this uh, theme, this message that the Democrats are just going to take a bath in November. Uh, the midterms are just going to get completely wiped. I don't know if that's the case anymore. After this, pretty motivating factor here to go out and vote. And I would encourage anybody who feels a certain way about this one way or the other to go out there and, and exercise that right to vote and, mm. and absolutely make your voice heard here. It's scary waters, dude. I, I think that poverty thing, I feel smart for saying it because I kind of came up with it as I was talking. But I think <laughs> it's I think that's so true, dude. I think you would see, you'll see poverty skyrocket in every single one of these states that completely outlaw it. Because like if that happens to 19 to 23, like whatever that range is of people that get abortions or are more likely to get them, like your whole life could change in an instant. And now you have no power to even control that. Like you're just legally forced by the place mm -hmm. you live to sacrifice your future aspirations of college or anything like that. Potentially. I'm not saying you couldn't go through college with a baby, but fuck man. <laughs> yeah. From having a baby now, it's been taking both of us to do it ourselves just to try to keep our sanity. And even then we're not perfect with it. Good fucking luck to a 19 year old. Like I, the, the kids and the people that do that, it's, it's amazing to me. These Republicans or whoever is, is, is saying that from the pro-life stance, like they still have just as much opportunity. They could still fuck that. No chance. Good fucking luck trying to go through college with a newborn baby. No way. So those, I, I just can't help but think that those people would be way worse off and way behind the eight ball and can't see how that doesn't snowball in 20 to 30 plus years. Well, I hope you're wrong. Um, and, and I think this is a call to action uh, to all these states. I'm talking to Florida Governor uh, Ron DeSantis. I'm talking to uh, Idaho Governor uh, Brad Little. I'm talking to Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt, uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Now, this is on you now, right? Like the success of your state and the women in your state and the, the fallout for the legislation that you've put into place, that is now on you. And it is now your responsibility to meet these women where they are at and to make sure that they have every single opportunity to succeed, regardless of their situation, being pregnant or not. You have made a decision that is going to impact thousands, if not millions of women's lives. The responsibility is on you to make sure that they are taken care of at the, to the very best of ability. I, I you know, I, I know I just talked about having responsibility, you know, for, for your own personal decisions, understanding exactly what your situation is, where you live in this country. On the other hand, you cannot take away this right that has been there for decades and then just expect people to rise to the occasion every single time. Oftentimes, like you mentioned, poor young women, who don't have very many resources or family. I think that's the number one thing. They don't have that support system that's going to be able to take them in, let them know that everything's going to be okay and, and, and guide them, right? Like those resources are needed. So that needs to be like the very forefront of all of these states positions going forward is that this is where we're going to help because I'll repeat it. You, it makes you absolutely no better than what you're prohibiting these women to, to go and seek in the name of morality or, or whatever it is, right? And that's the other thing with morality, and you're just talking about legislating morality. Like, that's all fine and dandy, I guess, to a point, but, like, on whose morality? Because, like, well, that, well, right. that's, yeah, so, exactly. that's so, that fluctuates from person to person. And even if you're like, well, you know, we're a, a Catholic, you know, or a Christian nation, and we should draw to the Bible for this, this, and this, it's, it's like, okay, I guess. There's tons of good tenets that we've taken from from religion in general and, and Christianity, but, like, that doesn't mean that, like, those are the only things and that should control everyone. And also like, I know tons of Christians that are dirtbags and tons of Christians that like the whole thing with sinning and everything in Christianity is like, you can go and do whatever you want. And then you just go to penance and it's all like washed away magically. Like, so <laughs> there's problems in all these things. And it's like, if we're going to do that, then, okay, maybe an abortion should be looked at something that you could, you know, find forgiveness for or something like it, it can't all just be like this cut cookie cutter morality. Like we gotta, this is going to take time and, and we're going to have to like shape this into what morality is going to be here, but to just like take a hard stance and say it's gone, I think is the worst thing we could do. Spoken like a true sinner. Maybe you should <laughs> repent, sir. I, you don't tell me you don't know Christians Fine, that are complete D-bags and go against no, no, all no, that No, 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 for though. sure, for sure. No, look, I mean, I think, uh, I, I think we legislate morality at almost every turn. 
and and I don't think that it has to do with with Christianity or or any sort of re- religious aspect. Uh, you know, like I said, California has got some really wacky laws mm. and those laws uh, are, are based on a certain morality, right? That is not shared by all. Uh, just like Christianity it has a certain set of morals that are not shared by all. We always are trying to legislate morality. It yeah. used to be that we all had the same set of morals. We don't anymore, which is fine, I guess. I mean, like, there's nothing we can really do about it. You, you, you can't weed everybody out that you don't like. Um but, but we always legislate morality. We've been doing it forever and we're going to continue to do it forever. Um, it just depends. Like you said, whose morality are you, are you legislating? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, it's kind of sucks to say this, like in, in light of what's going on, but that, I th- that's kind of the beauty of America, right? Is that you can have these different areas of this country that fit your needs or what have you. It's kind of gross talking about it in light of this abortion topic, but you know, uh, take a portion out of it and and anything else, right? Like you can live in an area where you like to do this, that, and the other, and you can do that there. And just because you can't do that in another state, I don't know that that means like, God, I don't know that that really means much at all. I think it just means that we are separate, but equal under the law. And as much as I don't like the fallout of what's going to happen of of this law, and, and, and as much as I really am just kind of like just really, really grappling with, with this right now, because it's so, it's so polarizing, but, but I, I, I think that, you know, it's more or less a good thing that the States are able to make their own decisions and that the deference to the States is probably a better thing than more federal law. I think, in my opinion, I wish we could come to a place where federal law for abortion meant that, you know, we all got together and decided that, uh, you know, some of us like the access to abortion full right and some of us don't like it at all. So we're going to meet somewhere in the middle and uh, we're going to take the temperature of our constituents and see where we like. I wish that that could happen. It, it's politics, man. It's mm-hmm. far messier than that. I, I also can't sit here and disagree with the, the the direction of deferring to the states. I definitely would agree with that. I think like federally, we should get away from a lot of like overarching policies, but right at the state level, I don't think it should be all or nothing. I think there's no matter what we're talking about, there should be some kind of routes for those other people. If we're talking guns, you know, there should be special permits that if you can go and prove background checks, psychological checks, you could have an automatic weapon. Like if it really means that much to you to have that, you should be able to do it. If it means that much to someone that they think that they need to get an abortion, they should be able to do it to a point. I, I really do think like, I just, I just to cut and dry these things and, and to draw hard lines, I think can lead to, down the road, some, some bad situations. Sure, man. And it's all over the place, right? It's all like the, every state is different yeah. and, 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 and like wildly. So, you know, uh, Texas versus Mississippi, six weeks versus 15 weeks. That's everything, you know, mm-hmm. like that's everything right there. Yeah. That's, that is legitimately the, the, you know, that first trimester. That's right? like the range right there, bro. It's yeah. Yeah, it is. Come on. It is. Uh, it's contentious, man. Um, but think about civil war, bro. Civil war breaks out. Texas is going to eat California's lunch, bro. <laughs> like, that's the thing. All these states that like have, you know, all the, all the guns also have all these other hard stances and other things. So it's like, they can kind of just, they could impose their will at a point if they chose to. Yeah. You know who else has all the guns? Hmm. The department of Homeland security. Okay. Did you see what they did last week? I did not know. They created a disinformation governance board. Okay. Had you not heard about this? I hadn't. No. Okay. So the Department of Homeland Security, the people who... Secure our homeland. Exactly. (laughs) They have created a disinformation governance board. When asked about this, the secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, so basically the boss of the uh, Department of Homeland Security, his name is Alejandro Mayorkas. He said, this is a working group that takes best practices to make sure that in addressing disinformation that presents a threat to the homeland, our, our work does not infringe on free speech, does not infringe on civil rights, Civil liberties, it's not about speech. It's about the connectivity to violence. Mm. Hey, I don't like that, man. Okay. Mm. And that's about all they say about it. There's no there's no details. There's no, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is what say, we're yeah, not going to do. How they're going to enforce it, nothing. No idea. <laughs> oh, no idea. So a lot of people have been uh, referring to 
George Orwell's 1984 calling it the ministry of truth, right? Mm, yeah. Basically yeah. saying like this, like, how is that going to look? I think the fear uh, from what I've been able to read is that this, this uh, disinformation governance board is going to act like a, like a fact checker, right? And mm. then, and then immediately they become the arbiter of what is true. I think it's interesting that the Department of Homeland Security, who owns, uh, I think, next to like the military is the most armed uh, uh, portion of our government is heading up this department. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think that's an interesting, an interesting way to put it or, or an interesting avenue to, to take this. And nobody knows what it's going to look like at all. But what we do know is um, the person that is going to be heading up this department. And her name is Nina Jankovitz. She's a loon. I only bring her up because of the, the severity of what it sounds like this department is going to be about, right? Like it sounds like they're going to be the arbiter of what is true. And I think the any government department should never be that, right? Like they should never, ever have that, that right or, 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 or be able to do that at all. So I'm going to show you. This is Nina Jankovic, who is going to be the head of this disinformation governance board. This is a TikTok video, it looks like. It is. Bumbering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet. So disinformation's origins are slightly less atrocious. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. When Rudy Giuliani shared bad intel from Ukraine, or when TikTok influencers say COVID can cause pain, they're laundering disinfo, and we really should take note and not support their lies with our wallet, voice, or vote. Oh, information laundering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster. I can't tell you anymore, man. I'm sorry. Um. Yeah. Oh my God. So I'm an open-minded guy, man. I'm, I'm willing to hear somebody uh, tell me why we need a disinformation governance board. But when you put this lady at the head of it, it doesn't give me hope at all that this is going to be uh, anything that's going to that's going to be fair or or I mean, it's, it's, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just feel like sometimes we just live in the biggest clown world ever. <laughs> I just I don't know, man. It's like you're making the disinformation governance board and you put this woman at the forefront of it. You've immediately disqualified yourself immediately. Nobody's going to take you seriously unless they share the same views as her, which is the problem, which is the problem. Or she's just the Mary Poppins of justice of information. I don't know. I, I just rather have Mary <laughs> Poppins funny. be the Mary Poppins of Mary Poppins. Yeah. You know? I mean, she's got a, she's got a role. It's a good role. That's crazy. So would that just be something like, you know, when, when it goes and let's say like the GOP takes over the house or, or exactly. the GOP takes exactly. over like the presidency, like now we just put someone that's like the exact opposite and control that, or they get rid of it. Or, right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I don't want that. I don't want some loon over here trying to tell me that the the election is is still stolen and you know like you can you can frame that any which way you want. It's just oh man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that does and I'm also curious what's the difference between NSA and Homeland Security? Like is NSA part of Homeland Security? I don't know. Do you know? I kind of tried to look it up here, but it kind of seems like they serve, like I guess it's the cyber security aspect of it would be what the NSA is doing where they were like tracking phone calls and the internet stuff. But that kind of seems like it'd be tied to this. And it just seems like to me, it's like, we already have a organization that I know of that kind of does this as far as what I understand about them. So like, why do we need to add a whole different department to our intelligence community? I guess I, it just seems, just doesn't seem necessary to me. I guess. So I think I the know. national security agency is its own thing. Is it? It's, it's an agency government? of the department of defense. Yeah. So it's under okay. the department of defense. Which, gotcha. which wouldn't be that's separate Homeland, from Homeland Security. Security. Yeah, that's completely different okay. branch of the of the of the federal government. But yeah, because then you're going to have to define what is disinformation. That's going to be the number one thing. What is disinformation? Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, there's been plenty of examples of disinformation that proved to be the correct information. Yeah. And then, so, and then, what do you do with that? Like, what do you do with the, something that you find as disinformation? As the Department of Homeland Security, what is your role? You're not, Guess is as good as mine. You're not going to infringe on civil liberties or civil rights or free speech. Says the people who are deciding what truth is. Yeesh. Yeah. I don't know, man. Something to, something to look for because uh, there still is not enough information on it. But I thought it was pertinent enough to, to bring up only because 
it, it just seems like a it, kind of like a weird trend, right? Like the government getting involved in this kind of shit. Like, uh, uh. <laughs> Good pitch, though. Got to give it to her. A lot of words. Yeah. She hit most of the key. <laughs> That's all I can say positive about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's uh, it's all very weird. It is. Um, we're running up against it. Oh, yeah. I need to go refill my coffee here. Yep. Um, before I do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends, our sponsors over at Gun Barrel Coffee. And uh, they make these cups of coffee that we drink taste so much better because what they do is that they donate $1 from every item purchased to veterans and first responder charities all across our country. They do this by offering 14 different blends and roasts, which you can get whole bean ground or single serve pods. And as a friend of our ship right now, you can use the promo code FNH10 and you'll save 10% at checkout when you buy their coffee at gunbarrelcoffee.com. That's promo code FNH10. Check them out. Good stuff. Good, good coffee. Good roasts. Uh, Gun Barrel Coffee, damn good coffee, damn good cause. Make sure you hit the links in all our bios and any of our socials. Check out our store. We have tons of merch there, t-shirts, hats, underwear, all kinds of things. Um, you see something on there that we don't have that you want, you let us know at the information that Frank's about to give you. We will make it for you. We are very uh, hospitable merchandisers. Yes, we are. Hospitable <laughs> merchandisers. If you're listening this far, thank you very much. We appreciate each and every one of those ears, uh, really, truly, I, you know, I get comments every now and then, um, I'll go like months or weeks. I don't know about you out, but uh, somebody not saying something about the show and we're just going on doing our thing, try to put the best thing out we can. And then somebody comes and says, Hey, by the way, I listened to your episode yesterday about this, this, another, and, uh, I really found it, uh, helpful and, 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 and informational. Uh, and I learned something and like nothing brings me more joy in my life. I promise you there's nothing that has brought me more joy in my life than to hear those things. So thank you for listening. Thank you for saying those things. For sure. And if you want to take it a step further, you can rate us and review us wherever you are listening to this podcast. It's very easy to do. Just go to the homepage of wherever you're doing it. I will go and give you a quick little example. <laughs> Just so you know how easy it is. The more people that do that, it, it shows up on more, uh, you know, like for you's on, on people's podcast homepages. And it just like, it helps bring interest of other people that aren't necessarily like our close friends, um, but like that kind of can help shine a light on us and help other people hear us and just keep adding more and more people to this ship. Here is our Spotify yep, page. There it is. All you got to do there, where it says no rating and you go in. Uh, I don't listen to us on Spotify. <laughs> I listen to us on the podcast app. Hold up. Yeah, I use the Apple. And I've already too, yeah. Uh, reviewed it. So yeah, just uh, wherever you listen to us, give us a review. Give us a like. Can I read you my favorite? Yes, please. Review that we've ever gotten. Please. This is uh, from an anonymous user named P from the T. Hmm. not really sure who that could be. Um, but he says, oh boy. First of all, he gave us five stars, which is very appreciated. Thank you. Thanks, P. Oh boy. Do I hate the news. However, I love friendship and hours are my favorite way to calculate time. <laughs> so I figured I'd give this show a chance and I'm glad I did. The news can be so boring and depressing, but the way these guys present news stories slash current events is informative and entertaining. What more could you ask for in a podcast? If you're not listening, quit slacking and join in on the friendship. Mm. You hear that? Infertainment what we provide here. <laughs> We're here to inform and to entertain. Exactly. <laughs> uh, drop us a line. If you'd like, you can reach us at... Uh, on Twitter, at FriendshipNH, on Instagram and TikTok, same handle, at FriendshipNewsHour. And uh, you can always write us an email, bummerdude.media at gmail.com, bummerdude.media at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.